Warning. The following presentation may contain excessive alcohol consumption, obscene language, controversial opinions, heavy metal, and actual wrestling chat. As such, it has been rated M for metal. Welcome along to the latest edition of Mickey's Mosh Pit. As usual, I'm your host, the heavy metal hooligan, Mickey Vago. Now, this past week, you've seen the podcast pass another milestone in that it has racked up over 500 listens of the, the audio version. So that's like your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, your uh, Google Podcasts. Um, I haven't quite worked out the analytics, how they work over on YouTube, but it is saying that we've got almost a thousand views of the videos over there. Uh, whether that is people watching it in two parts and it's counting as two views, I don't care. It's, it's almost a thousand views, I'm taking that. Uh, we might not be the powerhouse that, uh, that Billy is over his SWN podcast, but uh, we are getting some exclusives over here in the mosh pit. Um, some guys on that I think Billy's getting quite annoyed about. Um, we're fighting over guests now. But yeah, um, so that a thousand, a thousand views and over 500 listens is it's mind-blowing for what this is. <laughs> it's essentially just nonsense. Me catching up with the guys, uh, pretty much just us shooting the shit. So so thanks for everyone who's, who's listened and, and watched so far and, and keep doing so. Um, as far as the podcast going forward, um, I have got a list of guests written down in my book. Um, if they all agree to it, barring two or three episodes, uh, we've got pretty much the lineup up until the end of the year sorted out. So that'll be like your usual episodes. We've got a couple of mixers in there. We'll probably do something something different for the, the Christmas, some sort of Christmas special. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, after that, after New Year, who knows what's going to happen with us. Um, of hopefully, we'll be back wrestling in front of crowds. So how much time I'll have to do this and how much time the, the guys will have to do this with us. I don't know. It's it's something we'll cross that bridge after New Year and we'll we'll hopefully work something out to keep keep something. It might not be the same regularity, but we'll try and keep something going. Um, as far as is today's episode is concerned, we've got the the Ref Express. It's Dennis Law and Mike Yannis. Um, it is a little bit different to past episodes. It is a bit more more serious. There is a bit more wrestling chat in there. Um. That's partly due to Dennis and Mikey being being very, very nice guys and not so willing to throw guys under the bus as, as some of the past guests were. Um, but we, we did we did have a good chat. We had a good laugh, um, a good catch-up. Um, hopefully it won't be too long before we see them again. But without without anyone resting out, we'll just jump straight into it. So here it is. It's the Ref Express. Welcome along to the latest edition of Mickey's Mosh Pit. Joining me today, I've got the two officials of WrestleZone, the guys in the black and white. It is the Ref Express, Mike Yannis and Dennis Law. How are you doing, boys? Hello. Good. You know, if we'd planned this more in advance, I would have worn black and Dennis would have worn white. 
Aye, missed a trick there. Yeah, we that, did. That, that would be forward it. planning, which is something this, this podcast doesn't <laughs> do. Oh, it's, no. not, it's not known for. <laughs> I suppose not. That's more, that's more like a Billy Strachan thing. Aye, he's, he's a bit more professional <laughs> than I am uh, with these. <laughs> well, I'm sure Billy Strachan would let you know a bit earlier than the morning off. Yeah, yeah, he's he's normally got his dates well in advance as opposed to, aye, you want to do this tonight? <laughs> aye, fine, see you at eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is how I roll with this. This is this is my setup. It's worked yeah. thus far. Yeah, it works. I, I say it works. It's, it's, somebody's listening somewhere. So, like, as we, as we record this, we're, we're trying to come out of lockdown. I mean, what, what have you, that's been fucking was that best part of a year and a half almost now. Um, obviously, Mikey, we've 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 caught up over the some of the training calls we've done. But what about yourself, Dennis? What have you been up to during lockdown? You've been working through, or I've pretty much been steady all the way through. Um, now back in back in office in my nine to five, but yeah, it's been a bit of a slog, yeah. uh, to be honest. It's going to be strange, like, walking out that first time in front of a crowd. Yeah, aye, when we eventually It's been so back. long, I mean, like, February, February, yeah, February 20 was my last show. Yeah. So that seems like, yeah, that's a long time ago. So basically, what I've done in lockdown is I put on weight, and now I'm just getting off now, so they're pretty much like everyone else. I was going to say, that's the story of everyone. No, yeah. n- Nimi, no. The way I've put on is staying. I don't care. I've, <laughs> like, you put on pure muscle, though. I, I wish it was pure muscle. It's just, just barely, just, just beer drinking, drinking beer. Doing these things, it's just, it's ruined. But protein beer. That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that that was that was the thing. Like when lockdown first started, I was like, I'm getting get the best shape. I'm getting the best shape. <clears> with a t-shirt on. It lasted about two weeks, and I just fucked up. And it's like. Ugh. At this point, I've just resigned myself. Like, I'm just, as long as I've got the cardio to carry it, I don't care. I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as you can do 20 minutes. Aye, yeah. Stay, well, 20 minutes. I'm tag matching, so it's like 10. I was going to say. Five. <laughs> I push. Yeah, because, yeah, you're standing on that arch will do the five work. Five in the ring, five on the apron. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting. I work the apron. That's that's my gig. Work the mm. entrance. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Hatch Stunner, go home. Well, sitting down. Let these yeah. young ones wonder that for you. Well, say young ones. Archers and these aren't very young these days. <laughs> no, older than all of us. I've known Archer for about nine years, and I don't think he's had knees once. <laughs> 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 he permanently walks like he's going upstairs. You ever notice, even when it's flat, just like... <laughs> oh, poor guy. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm never getting that out of my head now. That's just... I know. <laughs> Tremendous. I shouldn't bury him so hard on his birthday. Yeah, he is with record us. It's Archer's birthday. So happy birthday, Archer. Although this isn't the great till like four weeks after, so it's fine. In fact, I've got a story about Archer's birthday. Nine years ago was the first birthday night out with Archer. We had um how old would he have been? About 80 odd. Anyway, um, <laughs> um it was the first time he got drunk. And I was driving him home. He says to me, and I've got, I've got the coat here. So 
I put it on Facebook and I'm reminded every year on his birthday. Being drunk is like when you're almost asleep, but you're still awake and you don't, and you have a kind of awake dream. It feels like I don't know if I'm real or not right now, but the only reason I know it's real is because I need to pee. <laughs> that was I couldn't somehow being drunk any better. Nah. I've never been drunk, so I'll take his word for it. That's why he, he was telling me, because that was his first time being drunk, and I had never been drunk. I think he, he must have been 18 or 19. Yeah. Well, if that was nine years ago, I might now 37. So I he would have been about 18, 19. Because he's, he's 10 he years old. He might have had knees then. I'm not sure. <laughs> just. Yeah. They were just on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> he just had a tiny little bit of cartridge left in them, and that was it. Uh, now they're just yeah. dust. <laughs> like when you snap a stick, but it's still got that wee little bit that's holding it. <laughs> <laughs> He is. He's literally been held together by chubby grips. That's chubby grips and bandanas. <laughs> Would it be amazing? I mean, I've not spoken to him once the whole pandemic, I don't think, minus the odd Facebook comment here and there. Wouldn't it be amazing if we go back to training and he's just fully recovered and he's an absolute stallion? <laughs> See, we had, this, we had this running joke. Like, when we got back to training last year, we had this running joke. Like, nobody had seen Archer. He was meant to be in the nights we were in. And then for whatever reason, he got switched to a different night. So, like, and at this point, nobody had seen him for, like, what was that? When we got back, like, six months, eight months or something, we got back to training the first thing. So we had this running joke that nobody had seen him, so he was just going to be, hang like, he'd been hitting the gym, like, not the gym, but, like, hitting the weights and I at him, and he was just going to be hench as fuck, but his legs would still be the same. <laughs> <laughs> still kind of walk. Aye, but he's just massive, up, like, fucking huge. <laughs> the upper body of Alan Taylor. The legs of Connor. It's an Aye. upper body business, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you need the arms to rev those motorbikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't need the legs. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, like, I love our chat about it, but it's hard work sometimes. Ah, we do love him. Yeah. We do. Everyone so, loves our chat. So have you guys been, like, Working, not working all through the pandemic, or well, Mike, you probably haven't been, have you? No, because I'm uh, for those who don't know, I'm a full time student at the moment, so currently on summer, which is great and not so great. Great because I get to put my feet up. Problem is, I'm sick of putting my feet up, I want to do stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> things, things are reopening, things are going back, which is great, but the music industry tends to be not quite yeah. opening up levels, everything else. Yeah. It's like, okay. But I managed to work uh, a sound festival a couple of weekends ago. That was really good. Um, I've got stuff in the pipeline. Student show is planning to go ahead in September, so we're going to start working for that next month. So, yeah, if all goes to plan, I'll be very busy soon, but I am itching to get back at it. Yeah. Just like... It's like everything else, it's just a waiting game. It's just wait until it's safe and and we'll get back to it eventually, hopefully. Yeah. Are you guys working at home still or are you back in the office? I'm back in the office. By day, I'm an accountant. So, yeah, we're back in. We've had like the busiest year 
ever. Basically, Chancellor opened his mouth and my phone started ringing. Basically, so <laughs> it's, quite, <laughs> it's, it's been trying. So um, yeah, we're back in back in the office, but distanced in, in my own room and stuff. So yeah, just getting my head down. That's all I can do really. I miss I, I miss my family. Yeah, from be, being at home when you've got a lot of ones, it's, it's quite good to see them because I wouldn't have seen like, my daughter like half as much, even yeah. a quarter as much if I was at work, but sometimes it's good to be away because I feel like I was just under their feet all the time. <laughs> you know what it's like. How old yeah. is your youngest now? Uh, she's two. Two already? Yeah. So she's crazy. So I'm just yeah, debating so when's like the when's the right time, like once we're back in shows, when how old to bring her to her show. She's been to a show, but she was like really young, you know, she was like tiny. It was in yeah. The, the awesome town of Turriff as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Which was fine for me because it was like, it's like a 50 minute drive for me. Yeah. Like, shame for like the likes of Vago, you know, so it's a fair, fair hike. It is considering having, I, like, every match I've had in Turriff has been a fucking stinker. <laughs> <laughs> Never had a good match in Turriff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too, too long a drive. <laughs> I, the old Nairn we used to do two hours there, two hours back, all one day. Yeah, I only worked, well, I didn't even work, I was staffed one of those, that was one of the ones I staffed. I was like, this is, a, in fact, it might have been the last one, last one wrestles one did. Must have been, I think I only went up once. Yeah, I went up a, I went up a couple of times. It's a fair journey, like. Yeah. So Shanks, it's a good location. And I think if we went the yeah. right time, because it's like, a, it's a, I don't want to say a holiday hotspot, but you know, there's a caravan park. Yeah, I just literally around the corner. I think I think if 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 we went in summer, it, it might be quite good. But it's such a trek. Yeah, like we used to go on holiday in there when we were kids, and was, like every year we went, there was a circus or like in like the fairground or whatever. There was always someone there when we were there on holiday during the summer. Mm. You think, you know, if you're on it in the summer, it it should do okay. I'm sure it was, it must have been near enough summer the last time I, like the time I'm I sure was it was, up. was it July? I'm, I'm thinking July. It was maybe. definitely sunny, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, was that long ago? I remember the venue. That was a decent venue. Hmm. Venue was brilliant. Uh, the, like the, I don't know what you would call it, like slope. Seat, yeah. yeah. It's just, if you're only filling it with like 20 people, it's like... What's the point in driving all the way up there just for that? Yeah. Was it? Uh, the drive home being fun. It was me, Crusher Crabe. I don't even remember who else was in the car. But he was in the passenger seat. And he had... Um, so my, my car was uh, an old-time old car at the time. Still had CD players. None of this, <laughs> none of this Bluetooth shite. And uh, Crusher had open, opened up the... Uh, a drawer, see my CD collection, and we put on the WWE anthology and listened to everyone's things like full blast, a full two hours home. I want to say it might have been Midas in the back seat trying to fall asleep, and we're just blaring like the DX theme, the Steve Austin theme. That's my that's my strongest memory of that show. Not not anything that happened on the card. That's like Ryan Riley's car now. That's all he listens to is just wrestling themes. I bet he does it on his phone. Ah, you know, it's not off CD. It wouldn't be. He's he's too young for that. 
my um one of my journeys back from there is like a legendary story but i actually can't tell you what what happened on the way home i just got it's, it's one of these stories it's like like when i eventually give it up i'll do like a podcast and i'll just say whatever i want <laughs> and that's there'll be a there'll be a, a section about a particular journey home from there and that's um, yeah, when you start podcast it's going to be called laying down the law yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> And I'll just say, this, this isn't ringing a bell with me. No, I, I'll tell you guys off the record, and that'll tease like a future episode that I can, <laughs> that, I can um, that I can maybe tell the story. Season extended. If I feel brave enough. This time. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't heard it, but it might have been before your time, Mikey. Because I maybe hmm, haven't, it's just, but it's not ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what year we lasted in there, and it might have been 2012. I want to say it was 2012. Which yeah. you just, because you started, you started refereeing, was it February yeah. 2012 in Bucky? <laughs> no, it was April. It was April. April. Is that where someone's car got stoned on the way home or something? Or coming out of Bucky or something, was it? Stoned? I, I'm sure that there was kids throwing stones. At, I think it was like Mr. P's car or something. And he like yeah. jumped out the car and ran at them. I was at the show. I just heard this like second, third hand, you know. First I've heard of it. No, it wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, I, because I, I think I started a year before you. Aye. Um, I think I was June, June twenty eleven. So I would be ten years if we were doing shows. Yeah. And um, I would have been my ten year anniversary, because my first show was at the glorious um, Fraserburgh Leisure Centre. Nice. Yeah. That was the I first. Did. Show I What's that? Sorry. That was the first show I staffed. Was it? Because I did half the show. I did the second half. Do you remember who did the first half? Um, yes, it was... Do you remember? Are you... Yeah, I do. I'm just asking you to see if you remember. Okay. Yes, I do. It's remember. like a trivia question. <laughs> yeah, because it was Aspen. It was Aspen. Actually, refereed, yeah, the referee the first half. All right, good. Because I remember, like, going backstage for the first time was quite daunting. Because I'm quite, a, like, a nervous person, like, naturally. So going, like, obviously knew, I knew, like, your, like, say, your Bills and your Scots, et cetera, and your Martins. But I remember, like, walking backstage for the first time in the, you know when Stu's, like, really try to go over a match? And when he's, like, yeah. When Stu's <laughs> left the building and Johnny has entered, Yes. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, Dennis Rosen. Rosen, yeah. Yeah. Walked into and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Well, I think you guys. Well, was that me or you guys froze there? Um. Yeah. So that was like my issue was unstable. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. We can now. We yep. missed like the second half yeah. of that story, but yeah. Ah, oh, nightmare. <laughs> okay. So what, what part did I get up to so I don't have to repeat myself? You got up to, you went backstage and you saw Stu. Yeah, and he was like rehearsing his match very intensely. And it was actually quite like intimidating to walk into that because it was like, I, I, don't, I don't think this is what I imagined the backstage of a wrestling show to be like. <laughs> but Stu, obviously... Stu, when, Stu's going over, when Stu's going over a match, he looks like 
uh, an NPC in a video game, but they're stuck in a weird animation where they yeah. normally have they normally have they're interacting with something, but their character model's been pushed away from whatever they're interacting with. So they're just kind of floating. Like I'm sure when Stu's going over a match, if you look off in the distance, there's like a broom doing stuff that he's meant to be holding. Yeah. Yeah. But then I, then I like, I, I like learned as well. It's quite good to like watch him do that. And then, so you're watching him do it backstage. And then like in the ring, you're like, all right. So you, you know exactly which beach he's going to go to, you know, during the match. He's like, I've seen that backstage. I like him doing it himself. And then you're like seeing it like, unfor- like his sort of wrestling match in the ring. You're like, I know what's coming next. So, okay. It's going to be. I'm a, saying like, you can always go and get anyway because he calls all these moves. <laughs> yeah. He's <is> quite nosy. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's got names for all these moves. He calls them before he hits them. It's like yeah. you know exactly what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> like Batman, he puts the word "lion" in front of everything. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt the accent, so someone else can do that. Uh, we need to get Martin on for that. Martin can do it. Yeah, yeah, he's quite good. <laughs> he's done a, a lion's mobile at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so did you guys like originally start as referees or were you training as wrestlers to start with or and then jump to refereeing or how did you how I, did you fall into it i did i started off as a wrestler i was training for a year and then it was coming up to the bucky show when denzel couldn't make it so um the guys came to me and said hey, we need a referee for a Bucky. Are you going to be there? I said, yeah, no problem. So they gave me the basics of training, and then come the night of Bucky, I did it. Um, really loved it. And then the next night, this is still back when we did some double header weekends. So this is a Friday night Bucky, and then we had Saturday night in West Hill. Uh, I remember after the show, going, going to the guys and saying, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, can I do it again tomorrow? I said, yeah, well, check with Denzel because Denzel's back tomorrow. So I remember I gave you a message. You said, yeah, no problem. Um, the rest is history. I think there was a, a couple of months where I was still training to be a wrestler. I still wanted to be a wrestler and refereeing was just what I was doing for now. But then I just, I fell in love with it so much. I was like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to wrestle anymore. I really like this. Yeah. I stuck with it. No, that's cool. I just like, just find your niche and then. Cause, yeah, because as well, I wasn't really cut out for wrestling. Like, the bumping just wasn't for me. <laughs> the bump was there for me. That's why I've got Archer. <laughs> uh, see, that's what I should have done. I should have just you gone. You got yourself a, a human, like a crash test dummy to bump for you. Yeah. I should have done Archer. I should yeah. do Vicky Vago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I was... I was different. I always wanted to be a referee and started as Hannah, continued to be a referee. Because yeah. I knew, I kind of knew myself, I didn't have it to be a wrestler, but I've always loved wrestling. So, and I thought, well, if I'm the referee, I can be in like multiple matches as yeah. well, which is a bonus, rather than just like, I mean, it must be amazing to go in and wrestle and have that adrenaline, crowd chanting for you and stuff. But I just enjoy like being part of the whole show as well yeah being in multiple matches and okay and that's what i really enjoy um 
referee and then I mean that's a baptism of fire Mikey for your first show to do all six as well I don't know if we were still doing battle royals at the time were we? Um, I'm used to yeah so even then it's still five five matches for your first show is just, you know in a row it's quite impressive because that's a lot to kind of keep in your head yeah I mean it's like it's sort of we've obviously we've done bits of it like training or whatever just because the like the referees aren't there, so we just have to make it's, it's either call your own fucking pinfalls or get one of the other guys in to be a ref. So it's like it's someone I I don't think I could do. It's just getting my head around it. It's like nah, it's, it's no for me. Like you you have to have the right mindset for it, I think. Yeah, I think so. but then we we couldn't do what you do. Like I guess we've all got our place like on the card, essentially. Yeah. Um, well, no, sorry, I, I tell a lie because Mikey has done what you've done. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I did get three quarters of the way through and then get into a rest hold and just thought, holy fuck, how do these guys do it? <laughs> Absolutely gassed, couldn't move a muscle. Just no. keep my arm up so I'm not selling death, let them know I'm not dead, but really I am. I'm on the verge of just telling, just pin me. That was the thing. So that that match you turned up for, and you just you were just ripped as fuck, and just like, go and fuck off, Mikey. <laughs> I mean, that's the story we'll tell. Don't go back and check. <laughs> there you are. It's I've been blowing smoke, but it's like you look better than that. You look better certainly than me. Certainly, like you're a better fucking body than I did at the time. Like fucking even set at the time. Worse now, but yeah, yeah, well, you know, but yeah, here and there, but yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate that, that much has been redacted for for whatever reason, yeah, it's been Stevie Richards. So is it like, <laughs> it, is it like what happened to CM Punk today? Does that mean that Mikey maybe gets a win or, or it's a non contest? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it just gets reversed and I won, yeah, I let's go with that. Yeah, which means I should have fought Damien for the title. Yeah, Halloween. you've got 100% record. It's yeah. number one yeah. contender, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I could be the storyline for first show back. I just come out, beat up everyone, declare myself number one contender. Uh, you're the referee, you just call your own pinfalls, it's fine. <laughs> you guys have been doing that training, so I can easily do that. Come in, hit a stunner, take a page out of your book. Yeah. Declare <laughs> myself the real Nicky Vago. Although that match you did that stunner, didn't you? Um, did I? I think so. I might have. If I didn't, I definitely did it at Halloween because we both did, Dennis. We both did, yeah. 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 I can't, I, mean, I, did, I can't remember if I did it in the match. Oh, so maybe it's Halloween I'm thinking on then. <clears throat> Probably, yeah. Uh... I did a super kick match. Yeah. Uh, and I took a pedigree. But I Maybe I did do a stunner. I don't remember. I haven't watched it in a while. I don't know. It was it's someone I did got. It's maybe like I said, it's maybe just Halloween I'm getting mixed up with. But I think like that was before I started using it. Like I was at the time I was just using it in Galas just to pop the boys. <laughs> I remember one time we were doing um what's it called? Union Square. Yeah. Uh, one of the week promotion things for uh, Anarchy we do every year. And um there was Archer. 
There he goes. His name pops up again. Archer versus uh, uh, Blue Thunder. And there was a guy in the front row. Entire match was yelling Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> and like, like entire like eight nine minutes into the match, he is still screaming Stone Cold Stunner. So eventually, Blue Thunder just hit Stone Cold Stunner. Pinned him one two three. A guy was delighted. That was yeah, his day. That, that's that's what you get, Gallus. Though, is that right? admittedly, it's normally kids and they're grown men that's shouting moves yeah. at you. But yeah, he's like, it's a gallo. We'll just pop yeah. the crowd and pop ourselves at this point. <laughs> I just let the kids have what they want. Yeah. 6-1-9, I'll get, I'll get a bash. It when I look good, but... 6-1-ish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's not quite the nine, but yeah. It's almost there. But yeah, that's... I'm trying to like, pick up your feet and physically spin you. I, it would so need to be. Outside the ring and then just spins your feet. It would need. It would need to be. I need. I need some assistance. I don't think I. I was saying I don't think I tried, but yeah, that's that's the one that's in my arsenal. I don't think. Yet. There's there's certain moves I've I've looked at a trainer and thought I could do that, and then you get to it and you're like, that's nah, no for me. That's <coughs> no for me. <coughs> like for a, a few weeks of training, I thought I've never got anything. <coughs> Excuse me. Where I like I come off the. Like the ropes, where a guy's lying down or whatever. Like our obviously Archer's got his elbow drop. So I thought, ah, could he? Like I go up to the second, they do a leg drop. And I went to train once and I sat in the second row with it. Nah, it's too high, I'm gonna kill my arse. It's not for me. <laughs> I'll let Archer stick with his elbow drop and I'll think I'll think it's I'll just keep punching and kicking the guy, it's fine. Yeah, I can stomp him. Less is more. Yeah. Or it's like or it was like oh, 450, that, it's only a front flip in a bit. How hard could it be? And you got there and you think, nah, no fucking danger. <laughs> Not a fucking chance. <laughs> and then, like, the, the, that one week, I thought about it, and then uh, young Connor, Connor Ingalls, he went up and tried it. And for whatever reason, he kept getting, I can't if it was too much or anything off, but he was basically landing on his feet. And then, he was like landing on his feet, like rolling out. So he was like almost landing on his feet. And it was like, see if you could land on your feet. You, again, you could do that in the bother. That would look cool as fuck. And he kept trying it. And when he tried to land on his feet, he just couldn't do it. He just fucked up. <laughs> so, well, he's got to try for the opposite one. Yeah. I <laughs> Try and <laughs> land on your feet and he would nail it in the bother. It's like, it's like these young guys that come in, it's like, come back. Can you nail But yeah, I, yeah, less than a minute, so we'll we'll call it there. We'll just wait till the time we're on it. We'll, well, as I've said before, I'm too cheap to to buy the full version of Zoom, so we'll get kicked out and we'll come back like nothing's happened, and we'll just carry on and <laughs> some clever editing. I'll in, input the the riff that I've... I, would I would offer to do it on my account, but I think that would just make the recording confusing. Yeah, I will just. It's fine like this. I get. It. I've I've got a ding to an art now. <laughs> I won't interfere with your system then. <laughs> yeah, I would say. System. I would say if it's not broke, then I fix it. But it is broke, so. <laughs> it's still didn't fix it. Yeah, it's just didn't. I, I can't broke. <laughs> <laughs> then I can how to fix it. That's. Okay.
give you consent. Consent granted. Boost <laughs> transition. Right, so as you can see, we're back again. And as we do with these things, it's, or as I do, as I do, if we come back for a break, I've got the question that I ask that, like, is as as wrestlers or as referees as you guys are, we like to do some fantasy booking. Because I'm a music guy, I like to I like to to hear what you guys are into. So we're talking your dream gig. So you've got three bands, you've got an opener, a mid card, and a headliner. It could be any any era, it could be living or dead, broken up or whatever. It can make as much or as little sense as you like it to be, or you can go into as much detail as you want. So I don't know if any of you guys have thought about this before, if I've been listening to past podcasts or who wants to go first. Say again? Can I pick three main event level bands or is it got to be like No no it can, like I said it can be it can make as much or as little sense as you like. It's it's your gig, you're the booker, you can book it whichever way you want. Mm. That's a hard question. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm just gonna go with the first three that came to my mind. Right, we'll let Mikey go first then. We'll we'll do Mikey's one and then we'll get back to some chat and then we'll the next break we'll come back and we'll do Den- Dennis's one. So go ahead, Mikey. What's your three? Opener. Yep. Gonna be my favourite band of all time, Metallica. Right, okay. An opener. 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 Because, <laughs> because afterwards we're gonna have to perform some sort of dead raising ritual to get Freddie Mercury back because I want Queen next. <laughs> right, okay. And then we're gonna close with an entire orchestra playing an evening of John Williams. <laughs> wow. That's that's epic. That's a U-turn, if ever there was one. Yeah, that's that 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 would be quite the gig. No idea how you would facilitate such a thing. No, that's 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 why you just yeah, it might just be easy to go for three bands, but uh in my dream gig there's space for an orchestra on this stage. Yeah, that's so would you get Metallica maybe to do a couple of sort of S and M songs as well? With the orchestra oh, no, there, I'd, anyway. I'd get Metallica to learn the Jurassic Park theme. Yeah, that's that would be something. Metallica playing Jurassic Park. I've, that's like I've I've never seen I've never, obviously nobody's been at gigs for that long, but if that was on, that would that would be something that would get my money. Just oh, I would be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> mm-hmm. to see Sabaton in March next year. That one seems so. weird to me, like playing the hydro for Sabaton. Yeah, have you seen who the support are though? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, so it's the who, not that who, the the HU who. Yeah, that Mongolian band that make metal out of Mongolian traditional Mongolian instruments. Um, right. They were they were a they were a meme for a hot minute a couple of years ago. <laughs> and the opener is Lordy. Oh yeah, no, I did see Lordy were support. Yeah, I saw Lordy were there. I love Lordy. That that year they won Eurovision was the first year I watched, and I thought that's what Eurovision was. So it was a complete decline from that point. <laughs> I still watch every year. Yeah, but yeah, really good gig. I'm really excited for that. 
I like it. Only just, just out of town, over lockdown. Like, I saw them Sabaton, I, what, season nine, ten? They played Sonosphere one year. Okay. Or, in fact, no, I saw them before that. They were support, they supported, what did I say, it was Airborne? Airborne or Dragon Force? It was one of the two. At Fat Sam's in Dundee, they supported them. I thought, these guys are good. And then, obviously, the, the next year I saw them at Sonosphere. Saw them again, they thought were good. But it just, it seems a strange thing they're playing the Hydro. Like, it seems like it's a fucking massive venue. So, the, it's. I think yeah. so many folk are gagging to get back at gigs as well. Aye, that's the thing. For everything. That must have been 2010 that you saw them, because I was at Sonosphere in 2009 and 2011. They didn't play. Yeah. It, what? Yeah, I probably had that again. I've, it's been that long ago. Ah, it does. <laughs> like, I did, I did download for 2005 every year up till 2012 and then I did three or four saunas years and I was like it's too much drink and it's it's at the same gig now Saunasphere is my favourite I've done download a few times I did Saunasphere twice I just I just like Saunasphere so much better I prefer download and the old setup when they when the old the old setup they had when they the the second stage, like in the middle of the racetrack. Oh, I never saw that. Or in fact, maybe both of them were in the middle of the racetrack. Like they were both, and then like the motorcycle racing guys kicked up because I the the burger vans were putting grease out of the track and they were slipping because they were there like the next week or two weeks after or whatever it was. So they shift that and away for the track. But yeah, the first couple of years it was doing there that I preferred download, but sorry. Sonosphere had a good setup the way they did like the two like the two main stages. I say two main stages, it was like a first stage and a second stage, but it was that was a kind of alternated bands in between the two stages. Alright, so there was like no dead air in between. Yeah. I like that they were like facing each other. So the crowd were in the middle and just kind of basically turned around. Yeah. Aye. Like, no yeah. No, I, I did enjoy that. Like I'd like to go back to festivals, but it's just like finding the money and being allowed. <laughs> yeah, that was well as now. Yeah. And I've almost seen, I'm at the stage now where I've almost seen everyone that I listen to at least once now. Minus yeah. maybe. I've got a handful left that I need to see now. That's like, a, there's a couple left that I'll never see. Like Van Halen, there were rumored to play Dangload for years and years. And then obviously fucking Eddie died. It's like, ah, well, that's that fucked. Yeah, Guns N' Roses for me. I had a ticket to see them in May of last year. Yeah, Tottenham, and that got resch- it's been rescheduled to next year. Yeah, see them. I had to miss them because uh, when they played Download, it was the same weekend as Battle of Nations. Oh. See, I, I well, I say, I say Guns N' Roses. It wasn't the guy. It was Axel and his fucking hired hands. In yeah. Two thousand. They played download in two thousand six. I want to say. But yeah. Yeah, that's. That was that was as close as I got. I've seen Slash, I think five or six times. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've seen. Well, I've seen said Slash, and I've seen. Fuck, what was the band was in Velvet Revolver. Oh yeah. Him and Duff. So yeah, I've seen them. I've seen Duff's 
Duff's band was it fucking uh, Walking Papers. Okay. Seen them a handful of times. They were good. A lot bit different to Guns N' Roses, but aye, they were good. But yeah, but that's 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 enough music chat for just now. I think we'll get back to it the next break we get. Well, Denzel hasn't given his his dream gig yet. No, no. We'll the Take next for the next break. the next break we get. We'll come back and we'll do Dennis's ones. We'll get into it and see see if Dennis can top yours. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. Wait, Prepare for disappointment. It can't be any worse than Connors. Let's be honest. What was Connors? Oh, yeah, it was Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Right, he's already fucked it, but okay. <laughs> no, Beyonce was his headliner. I want to say it was Adele and Ari, Ariana Grande. The one thing I can't oh, fucking say. Like, Connor's first words when I mentioned it was, I've never heard any bands. So instantly you was going to fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, Connor, you've heard bands before. It's, you meant, no, you just. So that it is what it is. Okay. He, he he did set it up. He was gonna fuck it before he actually fucked it. So. Oh well, that's fine. He called a shot. <laughs> <laughs> he did put some thought into it. To be fair, he's like, oh, this this will this will get the crowd going, and we'll slow them down and get them back up again. So it's like there was some wrestling psychology in there. I was like, oh, okay, he's telling a story. He is. It's like it's a shite story, but. <laughs> 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 he tried. So, so uh, before. No, sorry. No, I'm just going to continue the music talk. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> move me on before me. Well, what I was going to say was we, we briefly touched on the the gala kind of things, which I I'm a big fan of, and I I assume like everyone I've spoken to is a big fan of the galas. Everyone loves a gala. So so going with that, have you got any favourite gala moments or any galas in particular you've worked? You locking um, Taylor Valhalla out the door in, <laughs> in Hodo House. I, d- I don't think that'll ever be taught for me. That, 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 you, didn't, you didn't tell me the finish. You just told me count out. I was like, yeah, okay. And I remember thinking, coming out oh man that's gonna be disappointing okay well whatever you want to do and then i saw i saw the spot and you closing the door i was on like five or whatever i just thought oh my god that's amazing i don't remember did he come back in like the front door raging after he lost i know he walked all the way around the front even though like i fucked closing the doors because i couldn't close them right so i just had to stand there holding them till about nine So he could have just opened them again once I'd walked away, but yeah, no, he he committed to it and he walked all the way around the front. Which is fair. Well, the folk outside who didn't know there was wrestling going on just yeah, see these doors swinging open and this massive man walked out. <laughs> just half naked guy built like fuck <laughs> banging on the door to get back in. It's like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good one for me. Yeah, that 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 remains my finest gala moment. It probably will for. As long as we ever do galas, retire. you can retire from galas now. Yeah, <laughs> I've completed them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's like the WrestleZone gala story will be that story in history. <laughs> Looking back, it'll just be retelling the story over and over for its greatness. 
Yeah, I, I could live with that. It's fine. Yeah. So <laughs> I think like my my gala story is a, a Union Square one. I've I've got a reputation for kind of being quite like a nice man kind of character when I'm refereeing. So very rarely do I kind of break, you know, or you know, corpse or whatever in the ring. Yeah. You know, even the likes of you know doing like Grado matches or whatever, I can still kind of keep my composure. But yeah. there was this one match at Union Square. It was like early on in the day, and um, it was Scotty Swift. I can't remember what his opponent was, but for some reason, Scotty had like a like a can like a top on. Yeah. He doesn't normally have a top on when he wrestles, so he's wrestling away, wrestling away. And then Martin kind of at one point they must have maybe a double down or something, or Martin kind of just pops his head under the rope. And goes to Swift, he goes, um, what are you wearing a vest for, you shite arse? And I just completely, like, lost it. I, I just couldn't, because I didn't expect it. And I overheard, and I, I was just gone. And that was me, I was just burst. I just couldn't, I couldn't keep, that was me. Finished for the match, let's just go home, because I can't stop laughing. It just this one comment, and it's not, like, out of context, probably not funny, but in the in the way of the match, it just, I, just, I just lost it. So Martin got me, and it was really annoying that it had to be Martin that kind of broke yeah. the ice, man. Yeah, like, like it's, it's well known backstage that Dennis is notoriously hard to, to break character in. Yeah, it, it very right. rarely happens. Yeah. Because, last... I mean, um, what's that? No, no, you finish. No, 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 uh, on you go, Mikey. I was just going to say, the last show that I did was the last show that <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'm going with I know this. exactly where you're going with this <laughs> so do I yeah <laughs> Vigo versus uh, Alan Sterling I've, I've corpsed the matches once or twice as well I'm, I'm not as hard to break as you but you know I'm, I think I can hold it together pretty well um, I remember he was he was getting some heat on Vigo and he's he's what was he shit talking about is like, where's your bike? Or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that, along those lines. Yeah. And he's stomping, <laughs> holding in, and he goes, where's your bike now, you big... No, I, I, I have come to learn after the match that he was meant to... Say, he, he thought to say, you big stupid fuck, and then realised mid-sentence, no, there's kids in the audience. <laughs> so what came out was, where's your bike, you big... Stupid tit. <laughs> it wasn't even that funny. But it was the pause of the confusion and the fact that he stayed, the fact that he stayed what? so angry whilst being confused and just blurted out tit, thinking that boom, nailed it, saved it. No one noticed. <laughs> I was fucking gone. Yeah, that much was was a fucking. It was an ordeal from start to finish. Like. Like, I think I, we were all in a giggly mood going yeah. in as well, so it didn't take much. It was the straw breaking the camel's back. For yeah, so it's like it might have been that point. I was it was one point in the match where he did something. He was pinning me, and I could hear you giggling behind me. I was like, Mikey, dinner, because I'm on the verge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember counting a pinfall and not even like yelling once. Like I just <laughs> head in my just slapping the mat, facing up. There was a point like when when the crowd noticed, I just stopped trying to hide it because I yeah. couldn't. I was crying. I could, you know, when you laugh so hard, like your body just convulges and you can't stand. I was like holding <laughs> onto the rope, just to stay on my feet. 
There's a but, there's a video somewhere I've seen it. Yeah, like I I missed mixed martial Allen. Like I, I like when I came in, he was doing the Lord Lord Allen. But I maintain that the the gimmick he was doing before we got <laughs> shut down is by far the funniest and best gimmick he's ever had. It's fucking yeah. tremendous. It's just um he's he's the hardest to referee because he I to try and maintain composure he he yeah. pretty much gets to my limit and I, I can just about keep composure but I'm very very close to losing it with Alan. The two very times close. I've, the two times I've corpse in the ring have both been I like serious corpsing not like the odd chuckle here and there. Yeah, <laughs> I've, both been, I've both been for Captain Alan. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact he's got big Caleb there, William, and the Caleb's supposed to be this big hard man, and like he's supposed to be the, like that, like you say, he's supposed to be the ice man, and you could see him going because he just he just kind of hold it together. No, well, I think that's what made it worse when I was laughing um, in that first story. Um, when I was laughing, I'm like facing outside the ring, so my back's to the audience, thinking maybe I won't see it. And then I see Martin and that uh, Martin and Caleb, <laughs> just like crying with laughter as well. I was like this isn't helping. Don't know where to look. As uh, he's fuck, like I, I love like any time there's a Allen's in a match, like everyone's watching backstage at the monitor because he's yeah, it, it's a sellout with the monitor. Yeah, it's yeah. always it's fucking friend. hilarious. It's fucking like I, I love Captain Allen. It's it's the fact that he wears that wee hat and it never comes off. Like no matter what he does. I remember the um, that that same match. That was around the time where things hadn't sh- started shutting down yet. Yeah, but we were we were aware of the of the coronavirus. Yeah, and he had like sanitation wipes with him, and he was like wiping down the ropes before he hit them. And stuff. <laughs> like every now and again, he would take his hat off, wipe it down, put it back off. It's like Alan, it's only been on your head. What are you wiping it for? <laughs> Yeah, that was before things got very, very serious and we could still make light to it. And then, yeah. and then everyone with the shit was like, yeah, yeah we, that, could, we could never that, talk about this again. <laughs> that very quickly aged poorly. Yeah, it did. <laughs> like I, yeah, that aged poorly by a month after it. <laughs> yeah, especially the finish. The finish was just like, I've got coronavirus, coughed on him. It's like, never get away with that now. <laughs> not a fucking chance. Cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Look, luckily that one's there on the like on the wrestlers on Facebook page or anything. It's fine. Ah, it's fine. It's fine. It never, <laughs> it never happened, yeah. We'll find it the, the clip the clip of all of us laughing. We can isolate that. Yeah, I and just claim there was no other match attached to it. <laughs> 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 it went in no uh, non finish. I know that. <laughs> yeah, but like like you said, like fucking, it was only was it the rumble was meant to be two weeks after that or three weeks? Yeah, three it wasn't weeks. long after that. Yeah. Month. yeah, it was March or March. And then I was us fucking shut down. Fuck. Yeah. Do mind last summer did... when things shut down? We thought, ah, oh, we'll, we'll maybe get back for gala season. Yeah, and then I'll yeah. we'll, get, we'll get back for Halloween. We'll get back for Christmas. We'll get back Christmas. <laughs> back, we'll back, back for the rumble. rumble. <laughs> yeah, it just goes on and on and on and on, and that's uh, chomping at the bit to get back. Yeah, 
I think he wrestles on the Jews, have they? Like some other companies have like, I were running this day, it's like they'd be they'd be very professional about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not like to see. Yeah, it. it's not like we've got this date. Oh no, we've cancelled this date. Here's the next date. We've yeah. got the next date, we've cancelled it. Other companies. Yeah, we're yeah, taking a professional approach. Yeah, like as they always do. Like so everyone's always mm. by the book. Even with training, mm-hmm. it's like so, like obviously you've seen companies on fucking Twitter just taking the piss. Fucking mm-hmm. I were back at training before they're filming stuff when they shouldn't be even fucking in training or whatever. Or doing con- full contact training when we're still doing non-contact when we're, like we're supposed to. It's like just play by the rules, boys, and we get back sooner. That's the fucking thing. You guys fully vaccinated or just first dose at the moment? I've got my second dose next next week, I think, or week after. Twenty week on Friday for my second. Oh, so you? Oh, I don't have a date for my second yet. Yeah, I got the letter through last week, week before, so so I'll be fully five G'd. <laughs> <laughs> I went to get a new phone two weeks ago, and I was the, the guy mentioned when I was looking at the display models. He mentioned. Oh, this one has 5G, this one has 5G. I thought, oh, that'll be handy because I've had my, my first dose. The guy, like, I was expecting it to be like, oh, I bet everyone says that. Apparently, no one had made that joke yet. That was the first one. Really? I, like that job. <laughs> yeah, I like, thought you would have heard the, that all day. Yeah, like, I feel like I, I, I'm the first person to make the joke if it doesn't scan at the till saying, oh, it must be free then. <laughs> Uh, you just know you've opened the floodgates now, so like everyone will be in there saying it yeah. now. It doesn't matter. I was the first. Yeah, you're the first. That's... <laughs> I was the first in this specific O2 shop in the Bonacord Center. <laughs> All right, that, that's going on the CV. Ooh, not bad again. <laughs> like that, that's my thing now. So, like, what's the most ridiculous thing you can get on a CV? Like like Martin was like the, he won the the very first birthday bash quiz. It's like that's that's the most ridiculous thing they put on a CV. Like, <laughs> I think so. Could I put like successful at bottle stalls at gala on my CV? Because that's 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 a thing that I do enjoy at a gala. You know, it's like bottle stall. I'm in. I'm in. Me and Martin usually at the bottle stall. <laughs> we got to it. See what we can win. Aye, that's like doing the the rounds at the galas. That's like I are fucking are the restalls and I yeah. like like the the last day like it's not aired yet as we record this but we spoke I was speaking to Zach Dynamite and he was on about getting to like leaving a match halfway through to go to the ice cream van. It's like <laughs> I remember that. Like getting away with that. Yeah. Or was it no it was a three way he said it was. It was him crush him crushing on somebody else. You can know who, who the other one was. But yeah, he just rolled out the ring and fucked off and like full gimmick ice cream van comes up echoing. Tremendous. Uh, you know I, don't that, remember, um, I don't remember what happened, but I really hope he, he just came back in the ring with the cone and got kicked right in his face. Oh, that would be amazing. It would be, but you can there's <laughs> there's certain guys like Thunder who would go fucking mental at his ring getting ring. Oh <laughs> yeah. As soon as the ice cream hits the canvas. He's not even there. He's like he's back in the tent getting changed. He's just yeah. 
He wasn't even that. He was. That was the day we were on two shows. He was running Cove and he still felt it. Yeah. There's <laughs> in the force. Because I think I've, when we did the Enjoy Music Festival, people were like eyeing up the sort of inflatable slide, but I don't think anyone got their match over to it quite. Like no. they didn't get over to it, but they were looking at it as if to say, what can we do on there? Yeah. I think that's something we need to do more of. Interact with the entire gala somehow. I know I, the, the, there was one summer where every single gala had a, a, had the spot where uh, heel gets an inflatable hammer. Yeah. <laughs> whacks a baby face with it. Baby face no sells it. Takes it. Whacks him. Heel bumps. There was one we worked. In fact, it was a music festival. I don't know if it was the same one with the slide. It was <clears> the one where it was just fucking scorching. It was like it was burning hot before it even started. So I remember me, that one. Me and Crusher had a match, and we brought to the like it was a tent, like me I don't know like fifty yards away. It was doing like puppet shows, so me and Crusher brought on there just to get some shade. And there's just like this full on puppet show going on, and there's just this two guys at the back knocking fuck at each other. It's like <laughs> kids are like what the fuck. <laughs> it's like no, we need some shade because it's fucking roasting it there. Like I. I and like I didn't envy the guys at like just wrestling like like dynamite just in his punts because like you touch yeah. the canvas and it was just burning like I've got shorts and t-shirt on so I kind of get away with it but like you can like your bare skin and your arm touches it, and it fuck <laughs> burning. I mind uh, Stonehaven one year was scorching hot as well. Uh, I did a match with um, Zach Dynamite and Scotty Swift and they went down for a double down. I think they were up by about four because. <laughs> 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 yeah, inst- instantly rolling as soon as they touch your mat. It's like, nah, it's not for me. Nah, <laughs> too hot. But yeah, that, that one, we, that, that, that one, the music festival, you worked. I was like, roasting. I, we were there at, I don't know, I want to say like nine, ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it didn't start till like 12. And like I, my arms were already burnt by the time we started. <laughs> oh, it was a crazy day. I mean, building the ring in that temperature was just yeah, it was obscene. It was just no good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long, it was a long day, but like it was good to like work at music festival. But in that heat, it just wasn't enjoyable because yeah. sometimes galas are quite good because it's not like you're in like a roasting hot venue. You know, you're you're outside, so yeah. the conditions can be quite favorable in terms of like keeping your gas tank going you know you're not like sweating buckets but yeah that one was just that wasn't much fun too much in fact was that the same yeah. one we, like coming if that was only the tent or we got chains in the truck in the back of lighter just a fucking we got chains in the it was a truck we got changed aye, there was, someone that, there was like another team getting there's something else getting changed in there as well aye, I, I went to see was it like it was that the, like the lassies dressed up like the disney princesses man uh, I think it, I would have been, yeah. You boys are going to have to get out because these lassies are coming in now. And like, it was just, the sun was just hitting it and it was like a fucking, like big metal fucking trailer. It was like an oven. Ah, it was oven, yeah. Because was you, at, was you at Cove that day, Mikey, or was it someone else doing Cove? No, I was at, the, the day that it was Hazelhead and Cove, head to head, I was at Hazelhead. So you must have been at Cove. So that must have been another year. Must have, I think that I think he knows because the year that it was absolutely roasting, maybe Manton did Cove. Ah, that, you were available. That was that was the year he wrecked his trousers, was it not? 
Ah, you ripped his breeks like Ireland. Aye. <laughs> I don't think we told. I don't think we told him about how referees should wear like black boxers because, like, you know, it kind of lessens the impact of a of a of a torn breek. So yeah, keeping the referee in secrets to yourselves. Well, he had to earn his stripes literally, so you know, he's got to get on his own. <laughs> I got a plain white t-shirt at this point. Yeah. As long as he wasn't wearing trackies or shorts, because that really that really grinds my gears. Yeah, I referees and trackies and or like you said, shorts. It's like, come it. it's, it's the worst. Try and be semi-professional. Come on, play the game. Untucked, untucked shirt as well. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. It's not what you should be doing. Maintain professional at all times right. as a referee. Now someone will go and find a picture of me with an untucked shirt, but there'll be a perfectly good reason for it. <laughs> and I, I could explain it right now. And, you know, it's it was Cove Gala. It was Executioner against Scottish Swift. And they decided to have mid-match a thumb war, which I refereed. And then all of a sudden, I got involved in the thumb war, which then Swift took my referee's top off of me. What He put it on, and then I, I must have beat Executioner at a thumb war because... It was executioner. Yeah, yeah, so it's executioner. That's that's my that's my untucked shirt excuse. <laughs> don't, don't, don't shit on the executioner. He has a pinfall victory over Scotty Swift while he was undisputed champion. He does, yeah. yeah. I know. It, it's it's in the record books. You can't it dispute it. Happened. It. <laughs> it happened. You'd have to. There's always an exception to a rule. <laughs> <laughs> Broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, too. Yeah. Like I imagine he went under the ring before he got that victory. He must have done. Yeah, he's always under that <laughs> ring. Where he lives. Like, like we speak about, like, like Captain Al being, being tremendous. Like Executioner's another one. It's just, it's, it's always box me. Like I've, I've mm. I don't think I've ever been in a match with Executioner. I've always wanted to, but we've never got one. Oh, that has to be rectified when we get yeah. back. First match back. So much fun in execution of a match. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be petitioning for that one. Me and execution of. Mm. First handstand yeah. I ever did in my in handstand. Cartwheel. First cartwheel I ever successfully did in my life was during an execution of a match. <laughs> As you do. That wasn't for, because of him. That was because this was in Huntley one year. Uh, it was executioner versus someone. Scotty Swift had gotten a hold of the microphone into our earpieces. So throughout the match, he was giving me little challenges, things like, like a referee in French, or <laughs> little things like that I could probably get away with. And then when I was successfully doing all these, he realized, okay, I've got to up the ante here. So I just hear in my ear, like you do a cartwheel. <laughs> the fuck am I working a cartwheel into this match? <laughs> so, so I went to Executioner. It was still quite early on. I said, do a cartwheel. And he's like, what? Why? <laughs> okay, so he, very conf very confused, does a cartwheel. And then I go over to him and say, okay, now challenge me to do a cartwheel. <laughs> and that's how I managed to work a cartwheel into the match. Then I realized as I was going down for it, I was like, I've never done a cartwheel. So I, I, it's fine, I think. Nailed it. They don't get any cut from me on the headset if they're doing funny business. 
I did not. I, I, I think I did once have to tell Ted that Liverpool lost. Like that was called over the headset. <laughs> yeah, yes. I thought he was very one. impressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to kind of fade the heat back stage after that one. <laughs> yeah. Like that that must like that must like I said saying referee, that must be another skill is getting that things to the headset and passing it on. Took me a while to get used to. Same. Um, it kind of becomes second nature. Because it's like a it's like a fairly recent thing we've we've had at WrestleZone. I say fairly yeah, recent. We used, we used to always have them for the ballroom. Yeah. Like yeah. we'd make a point of having them for the ballroom just because obviously time ends and the ballroom's so important you don't yeah. want you, you want it to be like spot on, you know, all the way through. Yeah. But then we we got a set that we could use at kind of any show and yeah, we kind of use them all the time. But it is quite a skill. You've got to have receptive um, participants in the match before it really can work. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we can just pass on the messages, but if they're not listening to the messages, yeah, yeah not much we can do about Which that. does remind me of a story where, you know, like a particular match should have went home five minutes before it did, but they just ignored me because they had like in their, they had planned the match out to such an extent that they had to do everything that was planned. No matter what I said, wasn't going to change the end product. So that was like a frustrating side of being a referee is like telling someone to go home and they just like completely ignore you. It was That's, us. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I, no. I think I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you Sorry, said that, I'm too put... I remember no, no, no. we had a match at Turriff and I think you were the ref. It was us against the outfit and we went like fucking 25 minutes and it was fucking horrible. Mm. Like, <laughs> they were ending the heat and I'm like, I'm trying to call Dennis and I'm like, Dennis, don't go home. Like, just come on, <laughs> wrap up now. And he went across and told them, it was like, they still went and did someone else. Like, no, it's time to go home now. Come on. <laughs> and they just kept she fucking just, going. Should have just broke out a shoot pin. Yeah. The first, uh, <laughs> the first beach, uh, the first beach bottom show we did, the first message I got in my ear, I was standing there because that was match one. Martin's doing all the announcements. And I just hear in my ear, Mikey, don't fuck up. So I'm looking around. And I look <laughs> At the entranceway, and I just see over the top of like you know our our, our curtains, the scaffold for the curtains. Yeah. Over, over the top of that, I see Billy Gunn's head with the walkie. <laughs> <laughs> As if just to let me know, look at the power I've found. Like like you mentioned, Billy Gunn. This is what I'm drinking tonight. There we go. Yes, yeah, that's the perfect beer. Yeah. <laughs> just just for this the occasion. Partnership. Perfect <laughs> partnership. That was a that was a hell of a bromance, Mikey. He still follows me on Twitter, as far as, as far as I'm aware. I was just about to ask that. Does he still? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check. Hold on. <laughs> oh, this could be. This could be really good or really bad. Get so. a live reaction. Find out he does. Yeah. Moving on to AEW, he's got bigger fish to fry. He's got his. He's got his sons to worry about now, not you, Mikey. Mikey, always be his favourite. Yeah, you raised a, like adopted Scottish one. <laughs> follows me, still follows me. Yes. 
follows you. There we go. Because I think, like, my memory of you and Billy Gunn was... Oh, there's only a minute left. I'll quickly get the story out of the way. I think, like, you know, the signing was upstairs. Yeah. And for some reason, and I don't know how you ended up, like, you were, like, on the floor or something. I don't know why. You were, like, lying on the floor, and, like, Billy Gunn walked in, and he was like, Mikey, and he's like, like, what are you doing? And it was just, like... But he wasn't, like, being nasty about it. It was, like, your banter was, like, so good over that weekend that he knew that he could... He knew he could wind you up and get away with it, and you would take it, and I think he really respected you, the way you took his kind of... um, I don't know know why we clicked so well. Yeah. Yeah, it was really... It was really good to see, especially, like, during the match as well. must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a fun match. Who was his opponent that night? Rob Cage. That was up. I remember at one point, I'll tell this story quickly. Rob, Rob had him in the in a sleeper. I go in and I say to him, "All right, Billy, what do you say? What do you say?" And uh, this is when Fandango was at his popular 2013. So I go, "What do you say? What do you say?" And he was, his response is, "Ah, da 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 da." And he's still cool in the face. So <laughs> Oh, it's so good. A tremendous. I didn't corpse in a minute. I'm impressed. I would have thought that would have broke you. No. Laser focus. That was the first bottom. There was no laughing that. Yeah. I knew fucking that up. You'd already been told mm-hmm. to fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You can get away with an academy show with Captain Al, but nay in the ballroom with Billy Gunn. Right, here we are, we're back again. Some clever editing again. Seamless transition once again. Once again. I keep mentioning it, so it's no seamless, but yeah. <laughs> I can't see, I'm assuming it's seamless. Yeah, it's as, it's as seamless as this, this podcast has got to get. I'll take that out of the way. Yeah. So, so we've had a break, and Dennis has had some time to think about it, so let's get back into some dream booking. Okay. So can I just throw in a quick Billy Gunn story while I'm, while I'm before I ta- before I tell you about my three bands? Go on then. Okay, because I think when Mikey, would you be able to confirm this? When he was like dropped off initially at the venue, was um, Stevenson like testing the music and played the Fandango theme? That rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, I hate that song. And he was like walking across the ballroom. <laughs> It's like, great, let's get this humongous American man grumpy from the minute he, like, walks into the venue. This is going to be a great day. Because he is, like, one of the... He's, he's humongous. I think until you've, like, been next to him, you can't appreciate how big he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's deceptively big. Yeah. Like, he, lo- he looks big on telly, and then he's even bigger in person. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's a few guys like that that, like... Like, I thought the same with Devon. Like, I thought, Kenny's mm. just an average guy. Size guy. Like, he's not that tall, but he's fucking wide as fuck. It's like, holy fuck. Yeah. Holy <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Yeah, he... Yeah, holy, I, Yeah. And that was with, like, broken down knees, and he could, you know, bear, you know, he wasn't in a great shape, but he was huge. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was before he started doing DDP. DDP yoga. 
Yeah, but he's like he's like saying this. He's one of those guys you think ah, he's just just an average sized guy, and he comes in, he's like what six feet whatever. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So okay, let's get into it, Dennis. You've got a, a headliner, you've got a mid card, and you've got an uh, an opener. It can make okay. as much or as little sense as you like. I'm gonna. The opener is gonna be unpopular. He's probably going to hate it himself, and it's also going to have a bearing on the catering at the gig. But my opener is going to be Morrissey because I like his music. I don't like just putting out there. I do not agree with any of his political views. As soon as you said catering, I can't exactly where you're going with that. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, I have to be very strict at the gig. You know, if anybody thinks about putting a burger, you know, as soon as a sniffer burger comes through, he's storming off stage. So. Um, we're going to have to be very careful. Yeah, wait until he's finished before you get the burgers on. I know, but what about <laughs> me? I'm going to have to break the news to him that he's the opener. I mean, he's, he's not going to be very keen, but, yeah. you know, hopefully he'll he'll still perform. I'm a bit, I'll, I'll play my vegetarian card, hopefully. It'll get him on side. So, yeah, my opener is um, is Morrissey. Right. And he's, he's followed up by, same as Martin, but it's like, the the Beatles Sergeant Pepper era will be next. Right, okay. Um just the greatest rock band ever. So they've got to be on as my three. No, I think of my my headline. Because I don't think they'll play very long, so I don't want to put them in the headline. Well, you know? like like Martin says, they play half an uh, forty minutes. But if they yeah. like it, they'll play half an hour. They'll play it quicker. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll have my stopwatch and that'll That'll see if I'll get to hang out with them after the gig or not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really difficult, the headliner. I think I have to put Bad Religion as a headliner, um, probably because they're, they're one, one of my tippy-top favourite bands. Yeah. Swift told the story about going to the gig in, yeah. in Glasgow and enjoying the gig because he was enjoying like me seeing them for the first time. Yeah. And I think they've just, they're a band that's got better and better and better as they've got kind of got, got older, but still can perform the old stuff at the same kind of pace. So, yeah, we'd finish with Bad Religion on top. Yeah. Just... So that's that's my gig. So not as exciting as Mikey, but a bit more controversial, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, like I've said, as long as Navy says you two, we'll be fine. Yeah, or Biffy Clyro, I believe. No, I, I, I can tolerate Biffy. Just... With Biffy. Have you heard uh, Biffy's cover of Holier Than Thou? Yes, I have. Tell... It's fucking garbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard guys saying, oh, it's tremendous. Like, it's no for me. No, then. It's that. very different. It's very different, but I really liked it. Yeah, no, it's. Like I said, I can tolerate, I can understand why they're big and why they're so popular, but they're just, they're just no for me. It's the Romay band. That's fair enough. They happened to support lots of bands that you like. They did. Like f- yeah. for, a, for a while, like they were just breaking through and they supported everyone and they were at every festival. So they're probably one of the bands I've seen most, which is why I can probably tolerate them. I've never seen you two and I've no desire to see you two. Absolutely not. No. Nah. So, like, Ken Bono, get back in your fucking box. Fuck off. Aye. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, 
that that that's my opinion on you two, and that's that's how it will stay. So if anyone mentions you two in their dream gigs, their connection will instantly be lost. That'll <laughs> oh. be a smooth transition. The next window will just be you on its own, saying, "Well, that's all the time <laughs> we have today." Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like, like we're, before we get caught and when we come back, we're speaking with Billy Gone. So let let's let's get into some of the imports we've had across and some of the experiences we've had with some of them. Like like I've said before, okay. we've I, as long as I've been there, apart from one, which I name check every fucking time, so I'm not going to this time. <laughs> every one of them has been like tremendous, as far as I've been concerned. Certainly the time I've been there. But what about you guys? Who's you, who's your been your like? Obviously you, Dennis, because you're you're part of. I want that. I don't know if it's the committee or whatever it is. It's involved in taking these guys across. So, but who, who's been some of your favourites coming across and being involved with and getting to getting to meet and whatever? I think X Pac's pretty much top. Pretty much their top. X Pac and Jay Lethal are probably the two. Definitely nicest guys. And um, Jay Lethal, when he came over on his own, uh, won the titles with Scotty Swift beat Team Smash at the Northern. What a nice like guy. I think m- me, um, myself, and Mikey went up and asked him advice, and he was very receptive and very giving yeah. his advice. Um, very easy to work with. Um, yeah, and he seemed to really enjoy himself, and it wasn't that kind of like I'm here just to get a payday. He actually seemed to enjoy the buzz of the crowd. Very you know, yeah, like winning the titles. You know, he didn't want to go out. You know, he wanted to go out as the challenger when he was yeah, introduced. Yeah. He didn't want to, go, you know, he didn't want to like go yeah. out, you know, second. He's like, we're the challengers. We go up first. I mean, very selfless. Yeah. Expat. Because on the, on the yeah. run sheet, it was meant was to be out. because Lethal was yeah. the big element, he was going to come yeah, up he, last. And when he, he was important for that show. Yeah, when he found out, he he went to the guys and said, "Look, is it okay if the champions come out last because they're the champions? They should come out last." Aye, that, yeah. Aye, that tells you all you need to know about him. Aye, there's somebody who doesn't need to do. He's Lacey. like everyone I've spoken to about Lethal. Like he said, he's not ego. He's just he's there to make the show better or as good as it can be. Yeah, because I think he was very generous with feedback backstage as well. I believe. Yeah. We don't often get to see like what goes on backstage because we're we're usually you know like one of us will do one three five and another one will do two four six so we're kind of on the show most of the time or yeah. preparing to be on the show so but from what I heard Lethal was just just lovely whereas yeah. like X Pac was a different kettle of fish but <laughs> nice nice in his own way yeah yeah really really nice um, like. For the match as well, he was really he was quite vocal in sort of what he wanted to do. And when he when he came in to do his stuff, it was like you were midnight, you know, we were like late nights again, you know, he was hitting everything. It was just amazing. Yeah. And then like after the show, um myself and Dave Dave P, we were taking him back to his hotel, but he wanted something to eat. So we took him to McDonald's, like you know, in Bucksburn, just because he was staying at the um the Mar- the Marriott, so yeah, nice hotel. Um, so X Pac didn't get really get changed after the show. He kind of just took his like straps off and put them down. 
So we're standing in the queue at McDonald's and we've got X-Pac, half-naked X-Pac, lecturing us about how like lettuce is a waste of time and it's like, why would you eat it? It's just water. And <laughs> I think he got recognised maybe once or twice. People were like, are you X-Pac? And I was thinking, well, if you look at his tights, it probably says X-Pac, so you don't need to ask yeah. him. Never mind, you know. <laughs> but the, my biggest regret is that myself and Dave didn't just like take one step back, take our phone and take a picture of this moment of X-Pac in the Bucksburn McDonald's with his um, straps down. That would have just been the perfect, the, the perfect end to the weekend would have been that picture. <laughs> but neither of us had the savvy to do it because he was kind of holding court with us. So yeah, I was so gutted because um, when we went back to the hotel, He'd, um, he didn't understand that you can't um, smoke indoors. Yeah. So he was locked out of his room. So it was like another kind of like, I need to go and fix this. So <laughs> so I, 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 the royal, no, the, we, the royal we, kind of paid the, the fine, which he's very appreciative of. And he was like, oh man, you're like the greatest. And gave me like a big cuddle and stuff and got him back in his room. But yeah, I believe that he caused a few people a kind of, a lot of stress over the weekend because of it's kind of like scattiness. Yeah. But a lovely guy. And once he came through the curtain, he was on. Yeah. That's that's like the guys I've spoken to that were around for that show. I've said basically the same. He's, he's a top guy, but he was hard work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like Scotty Too Hot, he was the opposite. He was like really, really easy. I think you drove him about a few times, didn't you, Mikey? Yeah, I was his driver. Yeah. <laughs> He was really easy to deal with. He was easy, yeah. I also remember after the show, we went to um, we went to Tesco, Bridge Don, because again it was on the on the way home, and he really wanted. He, he had a fascination with um, with British chocolate, so we went to Tesco, and I was we were in the chocolate aisle, and I was basically giving him a grand tour. Now this is a dairy milk. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you want something with a caramel crunch, you, you want some, and I'm just basically giving him a grand tour of all this truck. And he's like taking, oh yeah, okay, I'll have one of these and I'll have one of them, I'll have one of these. And, and the two of us just drove back to the hotel, him every now and again, just offering me whatever packet he's got open at that time. <laughs> yeah, it's... He was a good lad. I liked, I liked Scotty a lot. We like, can't speak about imports without mentioning Uncle Jim as well. What is he? Hold on. There he is. <laughs> See, he, was, that, he was just... That's right. the one I was got, most got a bit missing you on. Like, I was before my time. Like, hearing the guy speak, I was like, fuck, I missed that. I said, can, you, can we just bring him back? Ah, oh, we, we really should. Um, it was, that was the moment where first, first ballroom, I'm standing in the ring, and it was um, the Granite City Hot Shots uh, I'm trying to think of the match. And Jim Duggan versus... It was... Aspen yeah. Midas. Aspen Midas and... Scott Maverick. Maverick, yeah. Yeah. And I'm standing in the ring and Jim Duggan came out, obviously, with he came out with a flag and he's in the ring and he's waving the flag and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, I used to watch you on Friday nights and it's just, it was so like <laughs> surreal. You know what I mean? Obviously I couldn't say that. I didn't want to come across, yeah. you know, I still wanted to maintain the professionalism, but in my head, just like, I watched you with my dad when I was young and now you're in the ring 
And you're exactly. giving it the USA ho and we get three points stuck. You know what I mean? It was like he was doing the greatest hits and it was just yeah. it was just brilliant. Because a lot of times we divvy out kind of the imports based on kind of our age, because Mikey's significantly younger than me. So if if it's between like a, a Scotty mm-hmm. Duhotty who catered more for like his age, whereas a Jim Duggan was more my age, my formative years were watching that era kind of WWF. Whereas like Scotty Totty, which I probably didn't, which I guess because Mikey, you didn't start watching until 2002, did you? Oh, two, yeah. But Scotty Totty came back, he came back and forth. But yeah, I thought yeah. I, I need to get, I I need to get Duggan. Duggan is the one that I'm, I'm gonna, you know, go for. Yeah, I mean, as I say, oh two, I pl- I had SmackDown two on PS one. That was my mm. real interest. <laughs> I started watching in 02. So I was aware of like the Attitude Era characters. Uh-huh. I knew who Scotty Tohoi was. But the best the best import match that I that I can that I referee that I really remember vividly was the Tanka versus Demo. That was a sleeper. It's well worth checking out. What a fantastic match that That's, was. See, he was probably the, the only guy that I still brought across like when I was like my proper child, like when I was a proper kid, like before I was ten or whatever, just say, like that I was the guy that, like he was from my era when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, remember me, that kind of undefeated streak and. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I say, like cause we were in the we had, in fact we were working Hurricane and Carlito in my my favourite that night. <laughs> and to think, I was like, and I was like, just seeing the guy like you, like you grew up watching him. I was like, that's the tank out there. That's I, I grew yeah. up watching him. Like the other guys, like I'd seen Hurricane or Kalio, but like I was like much older at that point when they came in. I was like, no, nah, that that's the tank. I was, like he was kicking about when I was like fucking six, seven, eight year old. And I was like, like now, now I'm in the same changing room as him. Holy fuck. Mm. Yeah, and that was quite surreal as well, because um, I do remember when Tatanga came on the scene, and kind of like kind of like Mania Nine and stuff like that. So yeah, that was very a very cool moment, and the match was just was just fantastic. Yeah. Perfect for our for for our audience. That was just a perfect match for me. That year, um, about a month or two before the ballroom, was the WrestleMania that we went to in Dallas. And Tatanka unannounced pops up in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yeah. I just, I just remember watching it because obviously in the stadium, you kind of hear the commentators. So there's the point where like he squares off with someone and we're looking going, where the fuck is that? We're thinking, is that some NXT guy? Because we kind of see the face. We kind of tell it. <laughs> so like, Have they called someone up from NXT? What's going on? And then we, and then we finally clicked. Oh shit, it's Tatanka. Go plug the bottom. <laughs> He'd been announced by that point. Yeah, I'm sure there was a post quite often the wrestles on Facebook that day. No, it must have, yeah. Yeah, just to capitalize. Because when um CM Punk was doing the pipe bomb, was he in a Coke Cabana t shirt maybe? He mentioned uh, him. Yeah, he was in an Austin t shirt. Um, Austin, but he mentioned Cabana, didn't he? Yeah. And then I, I remember there was a post going up the same day plugging, you know, CM Punk's <laughs> mention Coke Cabana. You can see him at the Northern Hotel. Blah, 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 2011. Yeah. That's that's Archer's favourite. 
I've never seen Archer bear anyone until he got fucking hammered that that mixer we did, and he was like, nah, come on, I was just a cunt. He's like, holy fuck. <laughs> nice guy, Archer. Yeah, it was, it was bringing quite, me the shovel. Quite, <laughs> I know. I was quite stunned. I mean, um, there there is there was an unnamed import, not not Cabana, that that wasn't the nicest, but like we had to like we had to take him in a car to Edinburgh. And I was trying to speak to him and he pretended to sleep and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna give up now. Just Obviously, he just didn't want to speak to me, but they want to tell me he didn't want to speak to me. So instead, I could tell, like you can tell when someone's sleeping and someone pretending to sleep. Yeah. Just at it. You know, just yeah, just at it. And this thought, when they're pretending to sleep, you know yourself, all right, I could stop trying now. Yeah, I just gave up. Never mind. But again, <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna name the person, so Nice. It'll go on the, the future, like, <laughs> formerly Nice Guy Denzel. Episode one, episode one of Laying Down the Law is just you burying folk. Burning every yeah. bridge. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favourite um, import match that I did was uh, Hornswoggle when he faced... Uh, oh, yeah. Luke that, and Sharp, that was, that oh, match was, was brilliant. I love that match so much. And actually, uh, Swoggle was really cool. Like, usually after a match with a, an import, uh, I'll find the guy, not not immediately after the match, but I'll find the guy at some point and, you know, ask for feedback and say, oh, you know, thank you for the match. How, how was it and all that? Match had ended. I come backstage. I've seen a couple of the guys and they're saying, oh, that was really good. It was really good. I'm saying, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. And Swoggle comes and finds me. Like as soon as he comes through the curtain, shake my hand and say, "Hey, thank you for the match. You were there uh, everywhere I needed you. Thanks so much. I had so much fun." And then he goes to his dressing room to get showered. And I'm just like, "Yeah, cool. yeah, just all right, nice guy." Like, and I remember like before the the show, like the guys who were in the other match that night were in the ring being stuffed or trying to sort stuff out or whatever. And Swoggle was just to try to see if you could climb the climb the buckles to get to the top. And he like he overheard them doing this stuff. And he like he was just standing like saying rope. He's like, "Why do you need to do this instead?" And it, he pumped out some idea. I can't remember what the spot was or whatever. And then the guys looked at him. And then like you watch the match later on, and he used the exact spot that he came up with. I was like, he didn't need to do that. He was just there at the time. No. He was like, he overheard them. He was like, right, here's an idea. Why do you need to use this? It's like, but it's like some of the, some of the imports that bring across me, like, like I maintain like the, the year of the Vortica's hurricane. Like we went yeah. backstage after the, after our match that night, just to thank you ever. And we never asked him for any advice or feedback. We were just, like me and Archer were just back to say fucking thank you ever. And he gave us all this feedback. Like he was there for about like twenty minutes, giving us all oh, you can you should work on this and do this and whatever else with whatever else he gave us. And he didn't need to give that up. He just gave it up because he's a, just a nice guy. Hmm. Yeah, he could have easily just said, Hey, good match. Thanks. Guys. Yeah, I yeah. Like it's again Archer. Think- Archer wasn't happy because he like we'd forgotten a spot somewhere, we'd missed it. Like we'd missed one spot and gone straight to someone else. And Archer thought he was gonna get chewed out for us. Like, I can't be fine. And it wasn't noticeable that we 
they moved someone out. And he like he never mentioned it. Like he, he, he yeah. was a nice enough guy and he to say anything that he just like he gave this other this other feedback and advice if for other things we should be doing. Fun fact about that match, Hurricane told me when it was time to go home, not the earpiece. Because he just had such a good read. He was on the apron and I was walking past and he calls me over, ref, ref. And I walked past and he just goes, Right, tell him it's time to go home. So I was like, all right. And in I went, told him, go home. And right enough, it was just the right moment for the go-home sequence. The crowd popped for the finish. Ugh, man knows. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it like it must be like again it's different for us working because I've I've worked in parts two years. But it must be different for you guys refereeing those kind of matches, hearing that kind of knowledge behind them. Oh, definitely. I think I was worried about, a little bit worried about refereeing Hardcore Holly just because of his kind of reputation. But yeah. you couldn't get a lovelier guy like to work with. And then oh, backstage... One of the nicest. One of the nicest. Yeah. I think he watched every match backstage. Or as I, soon as his match was over, he was at the monitor for the rest of the night. I remember we, we, we were watching... It was Grado's match it was on at the time. And he was there. And he looked at Grado. Like he watched and I, like a couple of minutes or anyway. And he just turned to I can't remember who it was, it was else was standing, but he turned to somebody else's at that Grado guy, he gets it. He can exactly mm-hmm. what he's doing, he's he's gonna be fucking massive. <laughs> yeah, he called it. Yeah. Because yeah, he was he was, was so nervous. nice. Well he was nervous yeah. before his match. Like I think he's- was it, Tom's, Tom's it was Len's retirement. retirement. Yeah. It was Len's yeah. retirement match. But Len, who he'd only met, like, what, three, four days prior. Yeah. But he knew how important a retirement match was. So even though Holly's worked WrestleManias, knowing that this is Len's last match was enough to make him feel nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he understood the, like, the magnitude of that. Yeah. And he has the hardest chops I've heard... <laughs> In the ring, I think that I think yeah. it hurt me. I think I got hurt by Osmosis yeah, and some I, of the ones that, that Stu got. I was say Johnny Lyons can attest to that fact. I think <laughs> he he pushed it, and Holly was more than willing to deliver <laughs> on. But, it's like Lyons is asking for it; he's gonna get it. Yeah, just just give him it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was that was a, that was actually a really fun match to referee as well. Um, you know, a couple of minutes in. My nerves, my nerves were gone, and we were just in the in the zone. Yeah. Um, and he, he gave good feedback afterwards to, to everyone, and I think it being Len's last match as well, I thought that was that was quite an honour to referee. I refereed obviously his um, World of Sport match with Aspen as well. Yeah. Which was, it was an honour, but it was a very very difficult day that day. <laughs> I have heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't get was, to. I, I never got to referee Len, but I also didn't have to deal with the shit you had to deal with. That yeah, that was that was very difficult. Let's sort of put that out there. We're not. Very, no, absolutely not. Oh, no, no. It's to do with Marty Jones. It's to do with Marty Jones. It was him. It's him. I'm just gonna say his name. I'm not gonna be shy. It's him. Dennis is going I think to enough people it. have said his name before anyway. Fuck the algorithm now. Now people who search Marty Jones are gonna find this. <laughs> There's a clickbait for this episode. <laughs> I think it's safe enough because I think um, I think he's been mentioned before. Has he been mentioned before in here? He must have. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm fairly he's, sure. 
he's certainly been mentioned on Aspen's appearance on uh, Billy Strappen's podcast as well. So, yeah, he, he made it a very difficult day, um, but the match itself was really good. I enjoy a World of Sport match. I mean, um, I've done two. I did um, Len Aspen and I did um, uh, Jimbo oh, versus Aspen as well. Yeah, I forgot what Jimbo's one. I always forget about yeah. that one. That yeah. Happened. I have yeah. no memory. When was that? I, was I think a, that was at Dainston. I was at Dainston. It was a Christmas chaos, or it was definitely Dainston. Yeah. I do enjoy that. Just mm-hmm. it was kind of cool, you know, you break out the yellow card and Kevin Pin standing up, not always the worst yeah. thing in the world. Um <laughs> you know, world of sports style. Yeah. No knee pads required that night. <laughs> no. <laughs> I well, don't say that. We don't need knee pads. Uh, I don't know. If, do you wear knee pads in the new rings? And uh, no, I wear like knee sleeve type things. Yeah, I don't wear. I like the the padding in the new rings kinder on our knees, so I don't have yeah. to. Wear. Yeah. Well, it oh, is no. now they've started doing the double padding. Like when they first got the new ring, and it was just the like the I don't know the, the, the foamy yeah. stuff, the rolly stuff. That was fucking. I'm I'm almost certain that's what fucked my neck. Mm. And then they started using the blue padding for the old ring on top of that stuff, and it's uh, it's infinitely better. Much kinder, yeah. I remember we did a Peter Head show, and we had to use the the old ring because it had to be in the low setting. Low yeah. setting, yeah. And I hadn't used my knee pads in a while, so I didn't take them with me, and it didn't hurt. <laughs> I went down for the first. I ref the whole show as well. As well. <laughs> I don't think I can make that one. Going down for the first pin of the show and just be like, oh, fuck, one, two. So it was like every pin that show after that point was just a sloppy sideways hip. Yeah. Now, I remember I was, I wanted to say it was me and Ted worked that show on a singles and we were doing some, I was doing like the, the boss man spot that day where I like jump with the guy in the ropes and then can ping him off. And there's, I'll take this massive bump. I was like, and I was thinking to myself, it's the low setting on the, the old ring. This is, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> like, because we'd worked the, like, the new ring for, I don't know how many months at this point. So we'd been used to that. And you could see him, like, he hit the mat, and he was meant to do, like, a roll, a big, massive bump and a roll outside, and he just hit the mat and he stopped. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like nah, that, <laughs> he didn't expect yeah. that. <laughs> What an awesome venue, though, the Palace Hotel was, you know, with, like, the chandeliers and stuff in the ah, middle yeah. of the room. Really classy, yeah. Love that venue. It Did it have the, no, I, I think the last time it wasn't, the last time we did Peter Head wasn't there, but was the still. changing facilities weren't great. Because you were, like, up in, like, a conference room somewhere. Yeah, aye. Because yeah. one year, you t- one year we were, like, hotel. Behind, aye, you had to, like, go all the way around. Because one year we were, like, behind the stage. Well, that and that, that that was awful. That was just horrendous. <laughs> I remember just not going back. Like between matches, I would sit with Mark. Yeah. I'm not going back there. There's like 20, <laughs> yeah. 20 of us in this little, I want to say 10 by 10 feet. Yeah. With and all our bags and everyone's getting changed and going over their matches. No. Yeah. It's some of some of the venues we're on, like they're nice venues, but the backstage isn't the great. Yeah, like the north, like, like um, the northern. northern. Aye, it's like yeah. it's a good venue, but backstage is like a corridor. Let's let's be honest, and we're just uh, getting changed. And we're like, the little kids' chairs, like half size seats. Yeah, 
But then you get venues like Harrow House when Archer's got his own private dressing room. I big league in Andy. Yes. Like ballroom at the Harrow House. That venue was. Yes. See if it was in the middle of anyway, it would be a tremendous venue to run. Like oh hell yeah. Yeah. We arrange a shuttle bus. We could, <laughs> <laughs> we could do a hell of a show there. Yeah, stick an extra couple of quid on the ticket prices and we'll we'll run a bus. We'll do a package deal, a, t- a family of five and five seats on the shuttle bus. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it is a it's like a tremendous looking venue. Like when it's like by the fairy lights and I don't fairy lights. Well, that yeah, that was perfect that night because they had a wedding the night before. Yeah, and all the decorations were still up, and I remember the uh, the woman who was in charge of the the hall saying to me as we came in, "Oh, I'm really sorry. We have all these flowers up. You know, it doesn't look very very wrestlingy in that. But there's all these fairy lights. If you just want to ignore them, and I'm like." No, 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 maximum setting. We're having all this shit on now. <laughs> it looked fantastic. I think we called it, what was it? WrestleZone Takeover Love, because it had the huge... <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> we yeah. tried to rotate, we tried to rotate the O vertically so it looked like live. It just didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's... Like, if we could run that venue, like, as a show, it would be good. But it's just, like, it's stuck in the middle of nowhere and, like, nobody's got a call. There's a, quite a few venues up the road that if you could, like, brick by brick, deliver them in Aberdeen, but at the same price, <laughs> it would be absolutely perfect. Like, that turf venue is really, is, is, is great. You know, it's a great hall. You know, you've got a secondary hall to change in. It's fine. You know, there's quite a few venues. Like, Keith's got quite a good venue as well. But just too far out the road. Yeah. It was Keith in there? I'm trying to remember. Longmore oh, Hall. Yeah. yeah, Keith's got a lovely venue. Was that yeah. the time? Well, yeah, well, the hall and Keith, yeah. Because, oh. like, even Huntley, you know, Stuart's Hall is quite nice as well. Yeah, Huntley's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Huntley was yeah. when I was, I, I was always going to recreate my, my How the House fucking counter finishing at Huntley because I knew it had the fire doors at the side of the I ring. the fire door, yeah. I was like, I could always recreate it there. It's, yeah, it's in you've, the, got to, you've got to recreate that out of your show. It's in the back yeah. pocket for, for recreating somewhere, but yeah, it's just finding the right venue and the right match for it. I think most of the town halls would be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. most of them have got fire exits that are like on the side, yeah. down by the ring. But like, as a referee, there's nothing more, I, I find anyway, stressful is like doing a count out and you're up to nine and you know the guys are going to like lay dead until like roughly nine. And even in your head, you're like, they are going to get up, aren't they? And you're counting and you're like, <laughs> you know, it's like so stressful because I've had that a few times. Different people have said, you know, it's like the, you know, you're going to stay outside. We're going to be dead till about eight and then we'll rumble a little bit. And then at nine, we're going to dive in the ring. And there's always that little bit. It's like, well, if I get to 10, that bell's getting rung. Yeah. It's a bit of like stressful, like count. <laughs> you get higher and higher. You're like, we are definitely going to move, aren't they? They can't hear me. I'm saying it as loud as physically possible. But you're always just that. I don't know if you're the same, Mikey, but I'm always worried that they're just not going to come in in time. Yeah, there's there's a few times as well in multi-man matches when I'm counting, and it's like I get to two, 
And I'm like, where's the other guy to come and break up the pin? Where's the guy? Where is he? I'm, like, my hand's coming down for three, and I don't think the guy's going to make the break up in time, so I'll just call a kick out. Uh, uh, sometimes yeah. the kick out is the spots, and this is just if I either didn't know the whole match or I've forgotten that spot exactly what was happening. But I just have in my head, the one time I don't do it is the time I go one, two, and then his shoulders doesn't move because he's expecting someone to break up the pin and they're not there in time, so I have to count three. That's yeah. happened to me. That's happened to me before, but it happened to me at the ballroom. Yes. The, in the first um, match. I was, First match in the ballroom. I won't say what year because I don't want to name any names, but the, I had been told a particular finish. It had been changed, but I was never informed of the change. So I'm refereeing the match, going back and forth, just kind of standard opener for the ballroom, you know, high energy, try to get crowd in it. And, and I go down to count, and I'm counting, and I'm counting, you know, one, and I'm counting two. And I know this isn't the finish. And I go to count three, and there's no movement from the guy being pinned. Absolutely nothing, completely dead. And I called the kick out, it wasn't there. And I was so annoyed at myself that I didn't just follow through on three. Because that's yeah. what we would tell someone if they were away to become a referee, we'd say, always count three, no yeah. matter what happens. If, if and I didn't do my own advice. Yeah. And it was the first match in the ballroom, and I was like, so frustrated and annoyed at myself afterwards. I was like, just sitting in the stairs, sitting in the stairs, you know, like that we went up to the the bit that goes to the leisure center, yeah, kind of a bit distraught because they, they did eventually work to the finish, but they they changed it and not told me, so aye. I wasn't a mind reader. But to be but fair, I should, if I called it as a shoot, I would have just counted three. If I remember correctly, they came to you after the match and took the heat and said, "Yes, yeah, we forgot to tell you that's on us." Yeah. It just, it just felt like I've got the rest of the show to go and it's not what you want to happen in like the opening. Yeah. You want to be like buzzing because I remember the first ballroom when you came back because I think you did the you did the first match at your first ballroom, didn't you, Mikey? Yeah, the first match. In and you came through the curtain and you were just like you were just so like high because of the you know the over a thousand and crowd was up for it and it was a great match. One of those really high energy kind of like cruiserweight type openers and you were just like scraping off the roof and I just had the opposite effect that year it was just like I need to pick myself up because there's a big big match coming up and a whole show still to do but it was really difficult and I know that a lot of referees have done it even in the WWE you hear of people yeah. kind of messing up a finish or you know not counting to three or but it doesn't make you feel any better at the time Aye It's it's someone I've never had happened on my end. But yeah, it's, it's like to see like guys that are that's meant to be a spot and the guy doesn't get there on time was like and they're like you're putting the referee in the fucking a hard spot there. It's like does he count it or does he does he try and work around it somehow? Or it's like I didn't envy that. No. Yeah, it's kinda of catch twenty two because you could count the three and it not be the finish. Yeah. Or you could count a two and it not be a two. And I don't know what's... I, I, we're meant to count to three no matter what happens. Yeah. That's the thing. If like if, if the guys in the ring have fucked it somewhere, like, this you just... And they kind of get pissed about it because the guys in the ring have fucked it. 
Yeah. It's like I think it, in practice that's that's a hard it can be a hard sell. Aye. But I think we like with like you guys. I think you would respect the fact that we count to three no matter what. Aye, I, I would expect that. Like any of my arches, mm. like I don't hear it that elaborate usually. That's it's like. <laughs> If it's a two count, I'll get a kick out well before three. If it's, if it's a three count, it's going to yeah. be a three count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of the, the danger of being a referee as well, is being put in that position. Yeah. Like, I always... If, I, if I've got anything, it's like... I'm, I'm, it's going to be a, a really near to three. Like, I'll I'll try and let the ref know, like, this is... It's near the finish, but it's going to look like the finish. Yeah. But, but usually my matches aren't as lab as that. Because I'm near that fucking clever. <laughs> right, so here we are. We're back again. Um, speaking off air, we've actually forgot where we were. So <laughs> we've run out of notes. So we're just going to get back into this and finish it up. But before we get there, we're, go- we're going to speak about some of the your favourite matches you've refereed. You've been a part of. So let's just get straight into it. Just jump in where you Okay. I'll I'll jump in first because one of my favorite matches is quite recent. Um I don't know if it's gonna annoy Vagel though, because it was in Montrose and it involves um Caleb. So <laughs> oh, actually I tried carefully, but no, it was um Caleb against uh, Damien, the undisputed title match. Yeah, yeah it's Montrose and Caleb Valhalla. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's, he's, he's training with FPW now, though, so he's naming Montrose's own. He's FPA, FPW is Montrose's own. So that, that reverts me to wrestles as Montrose's own now, surely. It's got to be. Put that <laughs> But yeah, that was, that, was, that was a really good match. crowd was there for it. Yeah. I broke out my having our full turn for one of the near falls right near the end as well. So <laughs> I think always got a good reaction. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. I think whenever the crowd is really engaged, you, you, you know, you can feel, you can feel it and it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it helped that the whole family there. <laughs> <laughs> family, friends, relations, yes. long-lost relations. They were all there. Everyone, <laughs> all the people that his missus teaches at the school and, uh, it helped, but no, yeah. that that was a, that was a really good match. I remember that being a really good match. Yeah, told a really good story as well. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. I wasn't there for that show. It was a good one. I watched it back after the fact. I that that was like like I as I I grudged the game it because he's he gets this one throws his own, but Caleb he's he's got a lot of fucking potential. Like he's he's really committed to it. Mm-hmm. Like he's Dina, like through lockdown, he's been on Dina the seminars and whatever else. And he's been, I, I can't even be Dina on these seminars. I don't know if it's kind of the ones that Luke King Sharp's been there. I don't know about them, but he's been committed to Dean as much as he can and learning as much as he can through the lockdown to get himself as prepared as he can. And obviously, he's in, like he was in fucking decent shape before and he's a lot fucking better now. It's like, you've yeah, got he's to, one of the people that's uh, going to come out of lockdown in better shape. Aye. Yeah, it's like you you kind of grudge him. It's like aye, you, you've earned that. It's there's you there's your respect. In. Aye, mm-hmm. even with a newborn. Aye, that fucking that's that yeah. It's even more impressive. Mm-hmm. 
I'd seen the seen the the videos of um of him and Nell like in the gym with with the BMI. It's like that's amazing. That's if if ever the Superman and Super Dad, it's there. I just if ever I was living the gimmick, it's it's Caleb. I can't wait till she's big enough to be used as a gimmick. There's some sort of, I'm sure there's some sort of Viking thing they could do together. Yeah. Father daughter. See, that's the thing. Like when Trozy shows, I've always got my like I say kids, the oldest one. She's always like she's kicked. She's got the honor saying she's kicked both the outfit in the head. <laughs> like the, the first one she did, was it Dino or Ted? Do you know what it was she did first? And like she went back to school the following week. And the other thing at school is like, guy, tell us, tell us your new skin for the weekend, what you did the weekend. And she's like, I kicked this guy in the head. And the teacher saw me out like the day, like the afternoon. It's like she said this. I said, look, I'd explain it. Like I'm a wrestler, and she did it. It's fine. She didn't actually kick the guy. It's fine. She was working. Yeah, she was working lighter than I did anyway. Correct, <laughs> <Got it>, Dino. <laughs> But yeah, that's like when we get back, it'll be interesting to see where, where Caleb, how far he can go. Because mm. he, he's certainly got the, the motivation and the fucking passion for it. Absolutely. But, what about yourself, Mikey? Do you have a match that springs Yeah, out? I have one that sticks out is um, about the Nations one year. I want to say it was 2017, but it might have been 18. I actually can't remember. But it was the year that it was Damien versus Richard R. Russell. Oh yeah. And we told such a good story in that. That's the that was a the, hell of a match. If you if you go back on my Instagram, there's a photo Ryan Battensby took the perfect photo. I took a super kick in that match. And there's a photo of Damien's foot is like here, just past me, and my face is doing like the rocky, you know, like my lips are <laughs> like, I'm sure if you could enhance the image, you can see the like the spit coming out. It's like the perfect action shot. Uh, but that was such a good match. We told told a really intricate story. It's one of the most I've ever been involved with a match, start to finish, because I had to be with them for so much. And we did this whole thing before the ref bump happened. We thought, right, folk folk are going to see it coming from the way we're setting it up. So we didn't give it to them straight away. It was like, mm. I'm in the Mid-mid. corner. I'm in the corner and Damon's in front of me. Okay, so obviously, you know, uh, sorry, no, Russell was in front of me. So obviously Damon's going to charge and I'm going to take the splash. But then there was lots of like putting on the brakes and then duck one. Oh, oh no, here's here's the F bump. Here's the F bump. Bam, there's the super kick. It was so good. The crowd popped so much for us. Yeah, it's like, like that story being told so well up to that point, like the crowd were just ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, they were desperate to see that match. It's like the no, that's a great one. Like I that. remember the um originally we were just gonna do a squash in the corner for the ref bump, which is fine. Yeah. But then when when they were going over the rest of the match for me, <clears throat> uh um, they, they said to me, Okay, now at this point you're gonna get back up. I'm like, that's ages away. Look, if I'm going to be down for ages, let's do something that will really take me out. A squish in the corner, that's like a 
Yeah. So I, I was the one that suggested the super kick. And I'm glad I did because I've got that amazing photo. Yeah, that is a fantastic still of, yeah, just brilliant. Because you've had a, you've had a big boot as well, haven't you, ballroom? I've two big boots. One in the yeah. ballroom, also about the nations. One in the ballroom, <laughs> one in the ballroom came first. And that was fine because he didn't touch me. And it looked mm. devastating. Apparently, it did. Um, we thought you were dead. Yeah, you guys, I got backstage after the match and everyone at the monitor was like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, <laughs> it's like, we thought you died. Like, no, he d- didn't touch me. In fact, if anything, I was frustrated when I took the bump thinking, oh, that must have looked like shit. <laughs> but that's, like, speaking about ref skills or whatever, that's another one that's like taking the ref bump because you can't make it look like a, a normal bump like a, like we would take. It's got to be... It's got to look sloppy, but you've still got to have some control over it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's quite, yeah, it's, it can be quite difficult, um, especially, well, more for Mikey, because he's obviously trained as a wrestler, to not, to take a ref-style bump rather than yeah. a wrestler-style yeah, bump when it comes to it. It's got, uh, it's got to look kind of, like you might use, you know, sloppy, but like, like awkward or... Yeah. yeah. Well, there was one time uh, in West Hill, I did a match with uh, Grado, where I hit a, a people's elbow on someone. And after the match, somebody somebody said, I don't remember who it was now, but somebody said to me, oh, your elbow drop and the people's elbow, it looked really crap. And before I could say anything, Scotty Swift was there and said, yeah, it's supposed to. If, I, <laughs> if the referee can hit a perfect elbow, then that means anyone can. The whole point yeah. is only the wrestlers can do the moves well. Yeah. Also, also, I didn't know how to drop an elbow. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask them how to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best, but I'm gonna do what I think it's meant to be. So it yeah. kind of looked awkward, but it was still me trying. Aye, that was the thing. Like, it's, like you look back in the day, you see, like, like the latest day, Pete was elbow, like Hebner did it. Mm. Was it Hebner or was it the? Uh, yeah. It was Mike, you know. Aye. It was. Aye, it was Mike, you know. Aye. They did it, yeah. Yeah, and you've seen it. It, it didn't look quite right, but it shouldn't have looked Which quite right because it's a referee is there. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to make it look better than the wrestler doing it because then or that like, kind of invalidates it being the wrestler's move. Like when I say Hemner, like Hemner doing the stunner or whatever. It's like it, yeah. it didn't look quite right, but it, it shouldn't have because he's a ref. I'm sure our stunners didn't look quite right. Maybe probably Mikey's was better than mine, but mine was it <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> and my and mine was mine was awful, but it achieved the same thing. Yeah, but that that's the way they should look as a referee doing them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, like I'm saying yeah. it's a it's a required skill to to make it look nay nay as the wrestlers would do it, but it'd still be safe in doing so. Yeah, of course. Yeah, safety paramount at all times. Yeah. It's like the the match we had at was it Summerhill opposite Nations. I get off. It was us, like, me and Archer against Dave P and Garrick, and I hit you with the chain, Denzel. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I had to take because yeah. like at this point, I like I wasn't that far into it at this point, so like I was 50-50 whether I was getting just potato guys <laughs> or just. 
missed completely. And then the chain wrapped around my fucking around my fist. I was like, please don't I make this a potato. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to just legit knock Dennis out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great photo. I think it must was it Dodd that took it? And I'm just away yeah. hit by the chain. And it yeah. actually like genuinely upset my daughter for a little while. She was like, is that what happens when you go away at the weekend? You know what I mean? It's like she's like very <laughs> concerned about my well-being. Yeah. She's 12 now, so she probably would enjoy seeing me getting hit by a chain. But um <laughs> at the time she was she was she was concerned about about my health and well-being going to the wrestling at the weekend. So yeah, yeah. it's a great photo of that. Um and Daw, I think I think it was Daw that took it. So yeah. Yeah, I, so, yeah, I think it was. But yeah, that's that was that was when we and Archer were weren't exactly playing by the rules. Yeah, we, we were causing you yeah. guys a lot of hassle. Mm. Yeah, no, we enjoy that. I like the interaction. I like, yeah, I I like to be challenged, and I like, I, I really enjoyed working with like Richard R. Russell outside. Yeah, because you would get a lot of interaction, and he would be constantly on you, and you could turn around and you can go back and forth, and yeah, it was a lot of fun working. Any any time that Russell was out with his guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Russell. Russell was always clever and and interacting with the ref in a way like it was the. It was obvious, but it was not obvious. If you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you could tell that he's from the school of like watching a lot of Bobby Heenan slash Jim Cornette. Yeah, and he's sort of managerial style. Yeah, yeah. And that's not that's not the worst people to learn from. To be fair, I, it's like one two. Depends on what what day it is, which which one's one, which one's two. Aye, that's you. That, those are your tippy top guys to watch if you're the new side guy. Yeah. So anytime we can have interaction, like I love a tag match for interaction because you can, you know, you can get drawn in, you can get taken away, Aye. you can be turned. You, yeah. you know, I love that. So I think I think there's some referees that find that quite difficult, but I quite like the challenge of being in a very kind of intricate kind of fast-paced tag match that's what i feel like i'm at my best yeah it took me a while to get into tag matches like that because i remember for, for a good while after i started it was usually a case of okay the big tag matches go to denzel yeah because i think there was one tag match that i remember in particular was it in Baruri? was it hot shots against sterling oil that was just an absolute stormer of a match it was a title change i think it was them Try to remember off the top of my head. For me or for you? I think it was for me. Because I think that would be high high up in my kind of because the crowd was just going absolutely eight at yeah. everything. That's the thing, like if if you can get the subtleties and the that kind of intricacies in a tag match, it can be the best match on the card. Because I've always been a big tag guy. Yeah. Why have I ended up in a tag team? But yeah. It's like if you can get that, it can be the best match in the card because you've got four guys playing off, well, five guys who go the ref playing off each other. And if you can get all, got, the, all the gears to work at the same time. and Yeah. Like, you've got to watch, though, there's a very thin line between using the referee and burying the referee. Yeah, I You shouldn't try not to cross over. Case in point, anytime AW does... Uh, tag match with Rick Knox on it. You know, that's just like anything goes, but that's more from, I'm watching the referees when I watch professional wrestling now, and, you know, I'm not focusing on what the referee's doing a lot of the time, but yeah, yeah the worst thing is to be made to look like an absolute idiot because you want your referee to look strong. Yeah, like, when, when I first got into, like, 
into tag wrestling. It was like, ah, we'll do this big brawl and just the referee will just call it. And I've tried to be a bit more smarter in recent years. It's like, no, nah, we can't mm. do that because it's at the end of the day, it's just burying the ref. We can't do it. Mm. We need to be a bit more smart about that. And yeah, it's like, it's, like I said at the start, it's it, the refereeing is someone I, I don't think I could have all day. It's too, there's too much intricacies and salties and it's, it's no fun me. Yeah. And fair place to you for doing it and getting sticking with it and it being as good as you are at it. We do our best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, that's, we're doing a less than a minute to go, so I think that's a, that's a good thing to wrap up before we get cut off. Uh, like I said, I think we've got a lot more we can come back to so we can get back to this at some, some point in the future. But Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for this week for my guest. It's it's the Ref Express. It's Dennis Law and and Mike Yannis, and we'll be back again with me and this nonsense at, at some point in the future. But thanks, guys. Thanks for that. No problem. Thank right. you, Vago. All right. Cheers for having us.